Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to shine the spotlight on our membership program. With it, you can get up to 50% off our brands, discover dozens of new innovative outdoor startups, receive first access to new products, gain access to ambassador programs for over 50 of our startups, and receive first access to purchase demo and trade show gear at 30 to 60% off. Head to readyyeti.com slash members to sign up. What is going on, Red Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. And on today's episode, I'm sitting down with the founder of Adventure Mat, Ralph Kuhlmeyer. And uh, if you're not familiar with Adventure Mat, they make a clean surface that you can use anywhere when you're getting out into the backcountry that uh, folds up into a nice small square so that you can change in and out of whatever gear you're using, whether you're skiing, um, biking. Whatever it is, it's a nice um, invention that's come out in the last uh, two years or so that Ralph's been working on it. They uh, ran a Kickstarter campaign and successfully funded it, and I'm um, really excited to uh, be uh, be chatting with you, Ralph. Hey there, Josh. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, without a doubt. So for the listener that may not be familiar with Adventure, Matt, I... Um, Gave a quick little overview, but I was a little bit vague. In your own words, how would you describe what Adventure Mat is? Basically, the Adventure Mat um, is just a very kind of useful product that can make your adventures in the outdoors um, a little smoother. I use it a lot for changing in and out of my ski gear, in and out of my biking gear. Um, whenever you're on the car or the campsites and you need to switch in and out of stuff or organize gear. It's just a great little platform that's very easy to use. Um, the beauty of it is it's a one-handed operation, so it's very easy to unfold and fold back together again. And then a very nice thing is the dirty bottom side never touches the top, so it's not something you have to wash every time. It just basically lives in your car or van. And whenever you need that clean surface, um, you know, it's available for you to use again with very little hassle or fuss. Yeah, no, I think that it's a brilliant idea. Like the when I lived in um, Salt Lake City, I'd go up to Alta and Snowbird all the time, or even just doing some backcountry touring at like the trailhead. And I'd be trying to get in and out of my ski boots, and I'd be like standing on one shoe trying to get into my boot, and like they're kind of frozen. So like the idea of it is like, oh my god, that's so valuable. Um, did you just, was it sort of like an aha moment like that when you came up with it, or were you sort of thinking about it? for a while. Could you walk us through that sort of process of coming up with the idea? I mean, I've been thinking about that for a while. I've dealt with that kind of hassle over many years, and then I had different solutions that I was using. And I used, I had this uh, emergency piece of orange plastic that came with my car way back when that, that I would put on the ground. Um, worked okay. It was very slippery on the snow. So I never loved it. I used towels as well. They got dirty very quickly. Um, but, yeah, over the years, I just kind of dealt with that. And then in 2015, I was doing a lot of road tripping. And for some reason, I just, you know, I was using these other options again. I just felt like 
um, there's got to be a better way. And I, I just had more energy and passion around it. So I started tinkering to try and figure out if I could come up with something that was good. And um, yeah, and I kind of got an early feel or sense of what I could do and, and just got very passionate about really delivering Adventure Mat in, in its current form. Right on. So where, where are you originally from and what got you into the outdoor world of skiing, biking, and now starting and building a business in the outdoor world? Well, I started off as born in Austria. Uh, so both my parents are Austrian and then very, at a very young age, um, I immigrated to South Africa with my mom and my sister. Um, and I went to school and college there. I was very active in, in athletics and rugby at the time. Um, living in Johannesburg, the whole action sports and adventure sports culture wasn't really that strong. Um, so when I when I moved to the United States in '98, uh, one of one of my friends here in, in Denver took me mountain biking in Vale one day, and we rented some bikes. And I think that's when I got hooked. You know, it started off with mountain biking, and then got into skiing, snowboarding, trail running, mountaineering all the other kind of active sports that you can do around Colorado. Um, yeah, I just kind of developed a passion for it very quickly. That's really awesome. So you, you, when you came over, you moved straight, you've been in Colorado the entire time? Yeah, I initially moved over uh, with a company that's based out of Houston, um, and they let me pick wherever I wanted to live in the U.S. as long as I was willing to travel out to our clients. Um, so I knew a little bit about Colorado. I had one friend that lived out here. So spent two months in Houston and drove up to Denver. Um, and yeah, traveled a lot around the U.S., but, but it was always based out of Denver, Bold. And I just I love Colorado, so I've tried not to leave. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. So do you, did, in, your, um, in your work before starting Adventure Mat, did you have any experience um, developing and manufacturing uh, what, what was uh, what did you what did you do for work before Adventure Mat? Uh, my main career was in business software consulting, so implementing large software platforms for global companies. Um, I did study mechanical engineering in college, so I guess I had some. I mean, I have some background in engineering and technical drawing and materials and all those kind of things, but I never really practiced as an engineer. Um, I think even while working on software, I've always had an interest in products and I've, I've fiddled around with a couple of other inventions in my past. I think one of my early things that I wanted to work on when I was still at school in South Africa was a, a blow-up tent using all recycled uh, bicycle tubes. Um, didn't get very far with that, but I think I just read recently that someone just commercialized one of those types of tents. So. So I think I've, I've dabbled in, in products, but yeah, it's just, yeah, mainly most of the experiences probably comes from using products and then some natural affinity to, for design and, and engineering. Definitely. So what was the prototyping process like for developing the adventure mat? So you guys have the three seasons, which is out right now, and you've got the four seasons, which is coming out soon. Um, what was that process like? Well, when I was, on a, I was on a pretty long road trip when I suddenly decided that I had to invent the adventure mat or some form of it. Um, so a lot of the early days were just mentally trying to see what I could come up with. And then once I got back home, I just started tinkering around with basic 
materials that I could get at Home Depot and wherever um, and patch together some very crude prototypes and ideas at home. And then once those started taking shape um, and I had a basic concept that, that I was happy with, um, I started working with machine shops to develop more refined prototypes um, and then to also start testing out some of the manufacturing processes and, and more of the materials. And then once I had a good feel for that, you know, based on the nature of the product, I had to then partner with some mold manufacturers to figure out, you know, the viability and how we would actually cast or create a mold that could then um, produce adventure mat with all the features and functionality um, in mass quantities. That's really interesting. So how, how long did this whole process take you? It's probably been about a year of, of design work. And then you'd ask the questions of the three and four season mats. That was interesting. Initially, even on Kickstarter, I had one mat that was going to be used for all seasons. Um, and I'd done a fair amount of testing on it. But unfortunately, when my design was kind of wrapping up, I was in the middle of summer, so there wasn't that much snow left in Colorado. Um, so I was limited to doing snow testing on one of our few glaciers. Um, and what I've come to realize is that snow, depending on the temperature and the moisture, it just has a lot of different characteristics, and, and which really impacts how much traction you get from a rubber-based product. Right. So once the winter hit again and I was getting additional kind of prototypes and samples and I did more testing, I realized I needed a more aggressive kind of tread pattern on the mat to make it uh, stick and grip better on snow. So basically we, you know, did some additional prototyping and testing um, in order to come up with a four season version, which is hopefully going to come out um, later next month. That's really interesting. Uh, so along this process, you obviously have run and uh, successfully funded the Kickstarter campaign. Um, what made you guys decide to go that route? Oh, I'd heard about Kickstarter and, and uh, I'd had friends that have done a couple of Kickstarter projects. So I loved the idea of Kickstarter and I thought it would be a really good, quick way to vet the concept and the product. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't do much. It was pretty clear to me early on that if I was going to move forward with Adventure Man, I would try and launch it on Kickstarter. I, I did dabble a little bit between Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Um, and ultimately decided Kickstarter would be a better platform for me. Um, but yeah, that was always the goal: is, is you know come up with a, a solid prototype and then use Kickstarter to really see if if the community of outdoor enthusiasts would be interested and, and have some passion around this product as well. What made you uh, decide that Kickstarter was a better fit than Indiegogo? I think from my research, it looks like Kickstarter is just a little more mature and, and tailored a little better to outdoor gear and outdoor products. Um, I thought there was a much um, richer kind of product um, campaign experience on Kickstarter than what I found on Indiegogo. Um, so I just felt like the, the Kickstarter community probably had more folks involved in it as well that, that appreciated outdoor products. Interesting. So you guys obviously were successful in raising $36,000, over $36,000 on Kickstarter, and then you um, 
introduced a extension through Indiegogo where people could pre-order and raise another uh, up to forty-four thousand. I think is is um, what you guys are at currently. Yeah, I'm roughly the total amount raised is now around forty-five thousand dollars across mainly Kickstarter and then subsequently Indiegogo in demand. That's awesome. So you guys clearly have some strong product validation. Um, so what, what's what's sort of next? The next big thing is um, is to make the first batch of inventory that I can supply all the orders that we got through Kickstarter and Indiegogo. We have over 800 customers in over 20 countries um, that have ordered adventure mats. Um, so my top priority is really making sure we deliver those as soon as possible. Um, and then once we've done that, we will start selling the mats directly through our website to new customers. Um, so that's going to be an exciting next stage is really getting Adventure Mat to, to more and more outdoor enthusiasts out there across the U.S. and, and the rest of the world as well. So uh, along this uh, journey, have you had any mentors that have really helped you develop and get Adventure Mat to where it is now? You know, I don't really have one a specific mentor I've engaged and collaborated with a lot of my close friends um, that have different business experiences. I have a good friend out of Northern California that has run three Kickstarter campaigns. So she was really helpful in just guiding me through the whole Kickstarter process. Um, and that saved me a lot of time and headache just to quickly understand the, the platform better um, and not having to make a lot of mistakes to go through that so it was really helpful and then yeah just engaging friends that have different domain expertise and, and opinions and points of view um, you know along the way to help make some decisions and um, you know get that additional support I've also met some new people along the way through the adventure mat kind of business that are you know have become close friends of mine as well so it's been a nice uh, positive coming out of that too so what what are some of the things that your friend helped you learn with Kickstarter and mistakes that she helped you avoid that you feel were most apparent? Um, I think it was a, quite a lot of stuff. Um, I would say there was there were things around like how you manage the shipping costs and and the structure of how you're gonna. Um, Manage shipping pricing on on Kickstarter. You got to be really careful with Kickstarter. If you don't architect your pricing and the and the costs and the rewards um, very consciously and then done all the math behind it, you could land up having a successful campaign where you reach your goal and then you land up losing a lot of money. So it's a fine balance to make sure you can you raise enough money where you're not losing money and you can still you have enough capital to really help progress your your project and your idea um there's things that, there's a lot of you know when you embark on kickstarter a lot of companies will contact you around marketing services and a lot of them sound very appealing because they almost guarantee some kind of roi but when you really look at the fine print um you could lose your shirt on those as well so my friend had gone through a lot of those experiences and kind of helped direct me and, and helped me avoid signing up with some of these marketing agencies that were probably not well suited for my product. 
Um, and there's just a lot of technical things that how to set up the campaign, uh, timing, how long things take. So, so you make sure that you give yourself enough runway to prepare for the launch. Um, and then just help prioritize activities. You know, what's most important There's always more stuff you can do. Um, so it just becomes important to highlight or focus on those things that are really going to give you an ROI um, with, with your campaign. Those are great points. Um, when you started this, you, um, you obviously had a prototype, but you didn't necessarily have much of a, a following. So how did you go about building that marketing plan to really drive quality, engaged people to the Kickstarter? Well, I launched a website um, fairly early on. It's a pretty basic website, but I think it was well done. So we use that to try and um, start acquiring some emails for interest from interested folks. Very hard to do by just putting out a website for an item that hasn't really is not on the market yet and is in, in early stages of development. Um, we ran a giveaway, which helped a little bit, um, and then just you know engaging friends and family and, and, and your close community to to sign up and share with their with their networks um but at the end of the day you know to really build a really big following would take a lot of time and an additional investment and i think uh, ultimately i went into kickstarter with maybe just over 100 emails um which would be on the low end for what you may read about you know a, a required following before you launch but um, I relied on the, a lot on the actual Kickstarter community to embrace and share the project once we launched. That's really interesting. So it was a very organic sort of growth throughout the time. So you ran it for, what was it 30 days? Ran it for 30 days. And, and I, did, I did try my hand at some uh, Facebook kind of marketing, some ads just to help raise awareness. Also very difficult to get people to engage for something, especially on Facebook, if you know it's pre-sales, it's crowdfunding. It's not unless you have a very specific audience. It's hard to come by. Um, it's just very. Uh, it's just hard to get a good ROI. And there are kind of, there are marketing agencies out there that have those target audiences on on um, social media like Facebook, but you're paying a very high premium to tap into that. And I think for most campaigns, um, it's just financially not viable to invest in, in a service like that. That's a very good point. Um, so throughout the developing your, your manufacturing ch uh, channels, what would you say has uh, been your commitment to um, sustainably developing those processes and making sure that the adventure mat is built in the most sustainable way possible? Well, Josh, I mean, everything, you know, I'm passionate about the environment. Um, so from the early days of when I started working with manufacturers to figure out how we can make this, um, I always ask the question and try and figure out the most environmentally friendly or sustainable way to make something. Um, so that's, it's always a going in position. Depending on what you're trying to do, it's not always possible to to go the very environmentally friendly um, option. Um, we are right now doing some testing where we actually, we have a, a tire manufacturing company that produces scrap from new tires. 
So the the potential opportunity there is that we use that 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 scrap from new tires and use that to make you know, adventure mat. Um, so if that works out, that would be pretty amazing for us. And then we're also just experimenting with adding more and more recycled rubber material to to our product, um, you know, to support sustainability in that way. My girlfriend also happens to be very passionate about the environment, so whenever I kind of stray from making that a priority, she uh, she will always keep on reminding me that we need to keep that front and center, um, you know, as we as we forge ahead in this business. So it's nice to have that nice little nudge sometimes. <laughs> um, so it, we you, we talked earlier that it, that it's you are the sole guy behind Adventure Mat. So I wanted to sort of ask what like an average day for you looks like in working in Adventure Mat and sort of all of the many hats that you have to wear to progress Adventure Mat. Um, I don't think it's too many average days, which is partly why what I really enjoy about trying to start your own business. Um, I have some days where I'm waiting on manufacturing where I'm not doing very much because until I have product, um, you know, a lot of the other things have been taken care of. So those will be slow days where I spend my time using the adventure, man. I go skiing and mountain biking and get in as much adventure as I can. Other days, um, you know, I'll be on calls with the manufacturer um, or someone that's involved in sourcing. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think there's any day that's like another day, really. I think it's just a matter of being able to juggle a lot of different activities, ranging from manufacturing, marketing, um, doing the taxes for the business, making sure the financials are good, Um working on a lot of creative stuff. I'm not, I don't have any really creative talent. So all my artwork and all of that, all of those kind of artifacts, uh, I need to work with one of my creative suppliers. Um, so making sure we engage and, and keep that, that part of the business and the product going. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a lot of variety, I would say every day. There's no, and I think it's also a personal way of how I work. I don't have a lot of routine, so I like to mix it up. Um, I work from home a lot. I like to get on the road and, and uh, get a break from the home office. And then I did work out of a co-working space for a while, but I'm going to probably commit to the home office and the road in the coming months um, since I'm not home enough to really take full advantage of a, of a co-working space at this stage. So you're going to be road tripping a lot? Yeah, I like to yeah get out and work from the road, and you know, especially in the summer, um, it's nice to get out and camp and and bike somewhere that's not that close to home, um, and explore and uh, adventure. Yeah, and, and get a break from Boulder, Colorado as well. I can appreciate that. Um, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts in building Adventure Mat? I think the typical challenges with a, with a small business is um, finding, especially manufacturers um, that that can commit to you because you're dealing with such small quantities, and especially early on, you you can't even commit to a quantity because pre-Kickstarter, you're not even sure you know whether you're going to be successful or not. So, like finding the right manufacturing partners is very challenging, and then just the waiting game when it comes to manufacturing. Um, 
there's you know I'm a small player, so there's a fair amount of delays. And my background is mainly in software development, which is a lot more agile um, and iterative. So you you see product coming out all the time. I mean, every day you could see a new release of software. Um, with manufacturing right now, that's taking place in Iowa. You know, I get updates every few days, but it's just it's taking a while. And and until you have product, there's only so many things you can do to progress to progress a business. So I think that's challenging. Then the other thing is, as a small business, everything that I cannot do, I basically need to hire someone. So you're spending a lot of money, you know, you, there's a lot of great things you want to do. And then a lot of them, these people are all talented. They, 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 need, they need to make a living and you got to spend a lot of money. So coming from corporate where I had a lot of dedicated, full-time, very talented resources available every day that you could just tap into, um, it's a different story when it comes to your own little business. Um, everyone needs to get paid and uh, creates creates a lot more stress in that regard, and um, you got to get a lot more creative and be very aware of what you're spending your money on. Bootstrapping a business is a challenge in itself, let alone building a business. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, that uh, I believe your your manufacturing is in the U.S. Is, is that correct? Yeah, we actually started off in China. Um, I was working through. A manufacturing partner in Iowa, so he was doing. He had a satellite business in in China that we decided to use for for the initial batch of adventure mats. It was actually progressing pretty well. Um, we ran into a couple of snags at the end where they couldn't get the color clean, and um, my partner in Iowa decided that he was willing to run my first large batch of inventory in his factory in Iowa. So we actually. The mold was made, was produced in China, and then we had it air freighted over to Iowa, and that's where our mats are being made right now. So I, I'd always wanted to make everything in the U.S., but um, cost-wise, it just wasn't viable. Right. Um, so now, through some hoops, we landed up made in the USA. Um, my manufacturer is working on now that he's they have hands-on experience and what it's, what it really takes to make a mat. Um, they're trying to come up with with the method and ways to make it financially feasible to keep it in Iowa. But that's still going to require a lot of analysis, especially if we can use, you know, those upcycled scrap tires. Um, that would be one way to really help manage the cost. So we're doing what we can to keep it here, but we can't guarantee that at this stage. Yeah, to going through all the different processes and figuring out where you can reduce those costs, definitely. A, a taxing experience to go through. <laughs> so what would you say have been some of your greatest fears in building Adventure Mat? Yeah, I think um, my biggest fear is that Adventure Mat doesn't become a bestseller. You know, it's my first product, so I want it to do well. Um, I think it's probably my biggest concern is that it doesn't resonate with the market and we don't sell enough of them or get enough of them out there. Um, yeah, otherwise, that's that's really my only worry. I've put in, in a lot of effort. I'm very excited. People that have been using it are very excited about it. But until I actually um, start selling or making the, the product available, you know, beyond the crowdfunding, um, 
it's hard to tell how it's going to do, and I just love it to do well. I can totally understand that. It's um, it, the self doubt can definitely creep in at times <laughs> when you're building something yourself, especially when it's like your first business um, and you don't have something to base it off of. It's it's scary stuff. Yeah. So, what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made with Adventure Map? I haven't made any huge mistakes yet. A um, couple of things that happened was I, f- I forgot to, I didn't realize I had to renew my GoDaddy domain kind of um, subscription. So I found out that my website had gone down for a couple of days. And then I was panicked that I'd actually lose my domain URL. Um, I'm like, wow, that was a big mistake. And, and luckily, I just had to quickly renew and uh, maintained ownership of adventuremat.com. And uh, we're good to go. Um, so that was a bit of a scare. And then I've probably wasted a little more money on Facebook advertising. I got very excited about Facebook ads early on. It's just fun to – it's a very powerful platform. It's pretty easy to use. Um, it was a whole new experience for me having to create ads and, and, and run ads. So I probably had a little too high expectations for the ROI, especially for an early stage product. Um, so I probably wasted a little bit of money there that, that I could have saved, but it was still a, a great learning experience and I have a much better understanding for when it's a good idea to use Facebook ads and, and when it, it may not be worth it. Yeah, definitely. I totally understand that. So what what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in the outdoor industry or just a, a business in general? Uh, one of the things I would say is, you know, give it a, a good full shot. Um, but at the same time, if you can afford it, if you have the means, make sure you have a little bit of cash like hidden away or put aside. So if your success is delayed a little bit, you you know, you got something to live on, you don't have to stress too much. Um, I'd also recommend that, that early founders get a lot of feedback from friends, a community, associates on the on the idea as soon as possible and, and really keep the feedback going and really pay attention to that feedback. I think we as founders can be and inventors can be very biased in how we view our, our ideas. My my girlfriend always reminds me, she's like, you're very touchy and sensitive whenever I give you feedback about something. And <laughs> initially, I always react to that too. I'm like, no, I mean, it's just bad feedback. But <laughs> in reality, I realized later, I'm like, oh, that's actually a good point. And yeah, you, you get so wrapped into your idea and you're so passionate, you spend all this time and you think it's awesome. Um, but yeah, you do want to make sure you get other people's eyes and thoughts, you know, eyes on it and thoughts about it so you can ultimately just make it a better, more useful product because it's you, you don't have all the answers basically. So getting that feedback and input and, and sharing early on, I think, is, I think is key. You're more at risk of rolling something out that's not as, as good as it could be compared to someone running away with your idea, I think. That's, that's really great advice. Um, we, we, we touched on this a little bit uh, earlier in the um, episode, but I wanted to ask where you see Adventure Mac going in the next year, five years, ten years down the road. 
well, I don't really think 10 years down the road, but the next year and, and a little bit beyond that, um, I see us growing the product portfolio with some additional cool, um, useful products. And then I envision us also hiring some, a few great talented people to help, you know, um, product design, engineering, and, and marketing as well. So the hope is that we can generate enough income that, you know, we can grow the staff a little bit and then continue to make um, amazing products for, for the outdoor enthusiast. Do you have any ideas of other products that you, or um, markets that you want to break into in addition to the adventure mat? Right now, it's, I'm focusing more on additional products for a similar market, the kind of logical product extensions. And for now, I'm going to keep those close to my chest, you know, contrary to the advice I just gave. <laughs> we, uh, we, yeah, I'm starting to think about, I have, I have a few ideas that, that I'd like us to, you know, work on and, and develop and then also partnering with people to see if there's other products that are already out there that could be a good logical extension to Adventure Mat um, that we could maybe acquire or partner with or just do some type of collaboration like that as well. That's awesome. So after it's all said and done, what, what would you say is the best part about running Adventure Mat? Well, what I love about running Adventure Mat is just it's really about um, freedom. I think... The freedom to decide on what you want to spend your time on, um, you know, the freedom to decide what, what you want to work on and when you want to do it. And then also this, you know, the freedom to determine who you want to work with um, is a special thing. Um, it just gives you a lot of flexibility, a lot of accountability, um, and it's just it's a great way to kind of live your your life, I think, and um, it's also, especially with this product adventure mat, it's allowed me to really integrate work and what I love to do in the outdoors. So it's nice to be able to find, you know, that balance or that that connection between work and and leisure, and uh, you know, all the other passions outside of outside of the job. Of course, I think. Um it, it's a it's a wonderful thing having your own business and being able to align it with something you're so passionate about. Um, for for the listener who is um, listening to this between April 25th and May 9th, um, we're actually going to be doing a giveaway with Adventure Matt and Meyer Skis. So you can head over to RedYeti.com and enter for your chance to win. We're actually giving away 10 Adventure Mats. So if you want to check it out and learn more about it, you can do that. But um, Ralph, I wanted to ask if people wanted to follow along with what you're doing in Adventure Mat, what's the best place for them to uh, to do that? Uh, the best place is going to be adventuremat.com, um, and then probably Facebook. Um, we're under Adventure Mat as well. That's uh, all linked through the website, so that's probably the best place to stay up to date um, about what's going on with Adventure Mat. Perfect, and we'll we'll link all that up in the show notes. So for anyone listening, you can. You can check that out. Um, but with that, Ralph, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me and sharing your story with our community. I think um, I, I think there's a, a lot to be learned from watching what you're doing and seeing um, all the cool things that you're up to, and just the the 
creative idea of Adventure Matt. And um, with that, yeah, I just want to thank you for taking the time. Hey, Josh. Uh, enjoyed talking with you, and thanks a lot. Hey, Ready Eddie podcast listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. I'll catch you next week.